0: Welcome to mini episode 245 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have two spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from the 9th of December 2022. And story number one comes from Amelia. It was incredibly exciting to hear my story on 31 Days of Terror 2022, day 11. My stories were about my poppy, who is an empath, the darkness that walks through my house at night, and my possible precognition, which let me know when my childhood sweetheart left this world in a car accident. I wanted to write in again with some developments and a new story or two. I mentioned in that previous story that at times I can still feel the presence of my deceased soulmate. It can be as simple as smelling his cologne around the house or a ray of sunshine as I walk past a window when I'm feeling especially blue. Now this may be a coincidence but maybe not. The day I listened to my story being read out I was driving to Canberra which from where I live in Sydney is about a three hour drive. Normally an easy drive, as it's mostly highway, but on this day it was terrible weather with heavy rain and windy as heck. As you can imagine, it was quite dark, so even though it was lunchtime I had my headlights on and visibility was still shocking. However, as Emma was reading the section of my story where I talk about the times where I still feel my husband, there was a gap in the rain and a very bright beam of light broke through the clouds and shone into my car. I could feel the warmth of the sun, And even though listening to the story was making me feel a bit emotional, I had to laugh out loud for the joy that I instantly felt. This ray of light then dissolved back into rain and clouds, but only after the episode had finished a few moments later. Now this may have been a coincidence, but I like to think it was just another example of how he is still supporting me even though he cannot be with me. When this episode aired, I hadn't mentioned writing in to my sister who was also a fan of the podcast. Hello Percy, who will get a thrill from being mentioned by name and relieved that I used her nickname rather than her full name. While she said she enjoyed the story, there was one bit that stood out to her. At the end of my story, I apologised for my stories not being very scary and said that the reality for me is that the paranormal isn't always scary. She was surprised that I left out something that she personally finds terrifying and from memory I think Emma has mentioned it freaks her out before too. Don't worry, it's not Little Grey Aliens. For as long as I can remember, every now and then I see something very out of the ordinary. I'll be in a crowd of people such as a shopping centre food court at lunchtime on a Saturday, at the pub on trivia night or at the dog beach on a beautiful Sunday afternoon. And I swear I glimpse myself. Not a reflection of myself, but a person amongst the group that looks exactly like me. She has the same face and is always the same age that I am. I suppose you could say a doppelganger. But even creepier is that she doesn't wear the same clothes I am wearing at the time and sometimes doesn't have her hair the same, which is how I know it isn't a reflection. She has never been close enough for me to speak to, but she is always looking straight at me. Sometimes if I look away, she is gone when I look back, but other times she is still there. She also doesn't seem to be interacting with the people around her either. As I mentioned in my previous story, I've never been diagnosed with any condition that includes hallucinations, and my sister has also seen her twice. On both occasions, in fact, she was the one who drew my attention to her. So as Emma always says, I take great comfort in the validation that my sister has shared this experience. I mentioned the dog beach before in the example scenarios because I think my dog has also seen her. Shout out to my Great Dane Tiny. As we were walking down the beach, my dog ran into the waves chasing birds, which is his favourite part of the beach. As he came back onto the sand, having failed yet again to take flight to chase the seagulls, he looked down the beach to where I had just seen my double about 50 metres from where I was standing. Without hesitation, he started sprinting towards her, surely worrying that I was walking off without him. In panic, I screamed his name, instantly afraid of what would happen if he reached her. Thanks to an excessive amount of recall training, at the sound of his name, he slowed and turned to where I was actually standing. Confused, he looked back at my double and then sprinted back to me. As he reached me, we both looked back to where my double had been and she was gone. His heckles were raised and he was growling as his eyes were darting around. Feeling very freaked out and unsettled, we made a quick exit back to my car and got the hell out of there. Now it may seem odd, but while the thought of having a doppelganger is scary to me, I don't normally feel scared when I see her. It's unsettling and I feel a bit freaked out, but not scared. But when I thought of Tiny actually reaching her and not knowing what she would do, I felt completely terrified. Maybe this is because she has never interacted with me before other than staring and she has never been close enough for me to touch or speak with. Then again, now as I type this, I just got a violent shiver that ran down my spine. Maybe I should be scared because reading it over, what the actual fuck? So I need a nice story to end with. My next door neighbour Lily recently lost her husband of 45 years, Lou. I know it doesn't sound very nice but stick with me. Lou died from a heart attack, the third he had in his lifetime. A heavy set man all his life with not the healthiest lifestyle, he used to always joke that his ticker was as healthy as a horse. Admire Rakti, to be exact. Just for some context, Admire Rakti was a thoroughbred horse that died of a massive heart attack after finishing the Melbourne Cup in 2014. The Melbourne Cup is an annual 3,200 metre horse race here in Australia that is referred to as the race that stops the nation. However, like all horse racing, the toll this takes on the horses themselves is in some cases dire, with seven horses, including Admire Rachty, dying or needing to be euthanized in the last decade following the race. It’s this sombre fact which my neighbor was alluding to in this joke about his heart. Now I’m quite close with these neighbors, Lily and Lou, as we first met at a support group for families of deceased veterans. My soulmate was an active serviceman when he was killed and their son died in Afghanistan. This was before I moved into my dream home, which ended up being right next door to theirs. They were incredibly generous people, who always made me feel welcome in their home. A few days before Lou's fatal heart attack, I'd been over at their house for a barbecue and beer session. Lily had mentioned to me that she'd been having dreams that Lou was going to have another heart attack, but always woke up before she knew if he was okay. Knowing about my precognition tendencies, she asked me if I had any similar dreams. The truth was that actually, yes, I had been having dreams too about Lou having a heart attack. My dreams, however, were far more detailed than Lily's and always ended with confirmation of Lou's passing. This conversation went on for only a few minutes before Lou put a stop to it, jokingly calling us both witches for discussing his death so freely in front of him. He then said... Maybe I would have the last laugh and just go ahead and die. While this joke may seem in poor taste and we may seem cruel for this discussion now, the truth is that Lou had always had a dark sense of humour and freely joked about his heart condition. See previous Admire Rakti joke for proof. He was honestly one of the funniest men I've ever met, very quick-witted and sarcastic, so jokes of this nature were right up his alley. On the day of his passing, Lou had stayed at home from golf because he wasn't feeling very well. Nothing specific, he just felt off. He had insisted, however, that Lily still go and teach her painting class at the local senior citizens club. When she returned home two hours later, Lou was sitting in his favourite chair and looked as if he was sleeping. The doctor believed that he must have had his heart attack at approximately 10.30 just as Lily was finishing up her class. Now, while this was tragic, what makes this a nice story is that two seemingly random things happened just at the moment of Lou's suspected passing. Lily was playing music during her painting class and she remembered distinctly that she was wrapping up her class and the song They All Laughed written by George and Ira Gershwin came onto the speaker. It was the version recorded by Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong which is one of her and Lou's favourite songs. It talks about love overcoming all those that would doubt it With the line at the end of each chorus being, Who's Got the Last Laugh Now? If you don't know it, look it up, as it's actually a super sweet song. And this version was the song Lily and Lou had as their first dance when they were married. Once the song was finished, as Lily was remarking to her students how much she loved that song, her phone beeped with a voicemail from a private number. This was odd as her phone had been in her pocket and she hadn't heard it ring or felt it vibrate until the voicemail came through. The message is mostly static sounding, almost like white noise until quite clearly you could hear a voice say last laugh and chuckle. The message then goes silent until it cuts out. Lily still has this voicemail and we believe this was Lou's way of saying goodbye in his own unique and typically comical way. Maybe even reminding us two witches of the joke that he made that other night. And whenever Lily and I get together now for what we renamed Witches and Wine Sessions in honour of this joke, we always listen to this song. And I think I'll go put it on now. No, stop, Amelia. My heart. I had to stop myself from getting very emotional when I was reading that particularly Lily and Lou's story. Firstly... I know that people are probably sick of me saying this every single mini episode because it comes up pretty much every single mini episode. But I feel like if people are going to find a way to come back and let you know they're okay, then I think it's okay to put your sceptical hat aside and accept it as a comforting sign of love and closure and peace and calm. And Lily and Lou's story is just absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's so sad and it does make me so sad. And anybody who is suddenly taken away like that, it always feels needless and painful. And it feels like it is somehow unnecessary, but it does happen and it happens a lot. And I think it is so beautiful that in that moment, that particular song played. And I don't like, I don't care if people want to say it's a coincidence, and that you know people read too much into these things or whatever I think it's absolutely beautiful and I think that it is was absolutely Lou having a moment to say Lily I'm gone but I love you here's a really personal gorgeous private memory for me and you our first dance song and a song that meant the most to us and a little nod to my joke that I made about having the last laugh also just to say dark humor is very important I really do think finding the humour in in terrible situations is incredibly important. And I don't mean laughing at terrible situations. That's not what I mean. And I'm not talking about making jokes at the expense of people who are in bad situations. Again, not what I mean. But what I mean is, if you can't find the humour within a dark situation, it becomes really, really difficult to deal with that situation. And what a way to honour his life as well, to have that song to listen to and to remember him with such positivity and fondness and like silliness and jokes and even though the situation is awful and even though the situation was awful he was able to make jokes about it. It just that that did my heart good I think that story. I will say though Amelia what didn't do my heart good was your um just casual throwing in of your doppelganger story there. Uh, uh, how 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 did you write in a previous email And not remember to mention the fact that you have a doppelganger that you see regularly, that your sister has seen and that your dog clearly has seen and gone, hang on a second, what the fuck is going on here? Like, what does that mean? What does that doppelganger mean? What does she want? Why are you seeing her? Why is she always slightly different than you are? As in different hair, different outfit. Is it like a time slip thing? Are you seeing yourself in the past or in the future? Is it another dimension, Amelia? Do you know what? To be honest with you, if it was me, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't care to find out. I wouldn't want to find out. I think I just would pretend that I never saw her and hope that she didn't try and make contact with me ever. And story number two comes from Catherine, and just to say that this story does talk about suicide. My experience happened back in 2003 or 2004. I had just moved into a flat with my then boyfriend. The first day we got the keys, we went to go and have a look around to see what furniture we would need for the place. The moment we opened the door, we noticed the place was incredibly hot. And I mean, like we had just walked into the Bahamas hot. We made our way down the hallway from the front door with a bedroom on the left and the right. Then the living room on the second door to the left, bathroom second door on the right and then finally the kitchen straight ahead of us. We walked into the living room to find that the gas fire was on as high as it would go. Okay, I thought maybe the landlord had been in before us to check it was working and forgot to turn it off but I had a weird, almost uneasy feeling the entire time we were there. I also noticed that all of the rooms had locks on them My boyfriend said that the landlord had rented the rooms out individually before us and never got around to taking the locks off which I thought fair enough. We moved in a few days later and again the first few nights I had this uneasy feeling. I brushed it off as being away from home and not much else. So the months passed by without any incident but then I started to notice little things like I would always feel like I was being watched when I was on my own in the flat. We then got our first cat, Felix, and from the first day, if we were in our bedroom, he would stare like he was watching something that wasn't there, sometimes even chattering as if he wanted to get to something. Creepy, but as this was my first cat, I chalked it up to normal behaviour. There was one day I remember being in during the day on my own, cleaning in the living room, when out of the corner of my eye, I caught something falling off of one of the shelves. I went to check it out, and it was a CD. Now from what I remember it hadn't been in a particularly unstable spot. Weird, but again I brushed it off. I continued on with what I was doing and went through to the kitchen when out of nowhere the stereo in the living room came on. But it came on with the volume up at its highest, which is something we had never done being in a flat. To say I jumped would be an understatement. I quickly turned it off and checked to see where the remote was in case the cat had somehow managed to sit on it and turn it on. ...but the remote was sitting on top of the stereo. A weird, uneasy feeling came over me... ...and I brushed it off as quickly as I felt it... ...telling myself that it was just a power surge and nothing else. Things continued to fall off the shelves... ...and the stereo turning itself on any time I would be on my own. I began to not want to be on my own after a while. There was one night we had some friends over for some drinks. We were all sitting around the living room having a good time laughing and joking when out of nowhere again, a full pile of CDs fell off the shelf. I'm talking like seven or eight. I wasn't the only one to see it this time, though. One night, my boyfriend and I had switched sides on the bed, with me now sleeping closest to the door. I fall asleep pretty quickly, but I started to have what I can only describe as a lucid dream, something I had never had, and never have had since. I remember knowing I was sleeping, but being completely aware of what was happening. I knew I was in my bed, but I could hear someone coming up the stairs to the front door. I heard them take keys out and put them in the door, unlocking it, and coming in and closing the door behind them. They then made their way down the hallway to our bedroom. While I could hear this, I could also see it happening as well, but I could only see their legs. Then they came into our room and stood at the side of the bed, the side of the bed where I was. By this point, I was no longer sleeping. I had willed myself awake. But I couldn't bring myself to open my eyes. I could still feel them standing behind me, watching me. I could feel my heart pounding and the blood rushing past my ears. I forced myself to open my eyes and look in the mirror that was on the side where my boyfriend was and nothing, no one. And as soon as I had done this every feeling of dread or heaviness lifted immediately. Safe to say I didn't get much sleep after that. The next morning I started to tell my boyfriend about the weird dream. The more detail I was giving him, the more colour drained from his face. He asked me to stop as I was freaking him out. I thought a little sympathy would have been nice, as I was the one who had had the awful dream. Not much else really happened after that and it seemed to calm down a lot. We came to the end of our lease and I wasn't really up for renewing it, so we decided to move out. Come moving day, we were getting the last of our things and taking them down to the car, when one of my friends said to my boyfriend, Have you told her yet? I immediately asked what he meant. We got to the car and my boyfriend turned to me and asked, You know how the flat was rented out as individual rooms? And I said, Yeah. Well, the guy that rented out our room, well, he took his own life. He hung himself over the bedroom door. He wasn't found for a couple of days. I immediately had cold shivers all over my body, full body goosebumps. Christ, I had so many things going through my head. My boyfriend then told me the reason he knew this is because he had been chatting with our downstairs neighbour who happened to mention it a few days before I had my dream. That was the reason he freaked out so much when I told him about it. Turns out our landlady had asked him for help getting into his room and they both found him. My boyfriend had been keeping it from me so as not to freak me out anymore. I kind of had this feeling after he told me, like something clicked. It had been him I had seen in my dream. I still get goosebumps to this day when I think about the dream or the whole situation. I often wonder about who lives there now and if they have had any experiences. Oh, that is freaky as shit. And also another piece of evidence for the, um, always go at your good instinct brigade because you immediately felt like there was something wrong and turns out there was something wrong. And the fact that this, you know, apparent electrical surge, which I know was what you first thought it was, The fact that it only impacted the stereo and only the stereo came on at full blast. That's weird, right? Because in the electrical grid in your house, lots of appliances are connected to the same circuit, right? As far as I know. So if it was an electrical surge, then other things in your house would be impacted, not just the stereo coming on full blast. And I know there are lots of people who are firmly in the camp of anything that happens in a dream state, is just a dream. It's not paranormal. But I think that sometimes when dreams happen, like Catherine said, that she had this dream and never had it again, and never had a a dream like it, and never experienced a dream like it, I do think there's something in that. I think there's something weird that is happening there. I also agree with your boyfriend at the time not telling you. I think blissful ignorance (laughs) is often a nice state to be in. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Amelia and Catherine for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from the 9th of December 2022. And if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to gmail.com. You can also check out the website. That is podcast.com. And if you are desperate for extra content, you can subscribe to Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories. where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note, I should see you next time i yeah